0: it's Sunday social with Vaughn Davis on Radio Live
1: Welcome to Sunday Social on what is a very rainy night here in Tamaki Makaro. I hope it's, well, I'm not even going to hope that it's dry where you are because I don't think it is. I just saw the weather. Uh, but I hope it's at least warm. Warm inside. Warm inside. And you've got uh, a nice cup of Milo like I have. You've had your dinner and you're looking forward to a, uh, a bumper hour. Of Sunday Social here at Radio Live. Lovely lead in. Lovely lead in. It's the weekend variety wireless. Hey, we've got a cracker of a show. It's show number two hundred and twenty-three. Yes, I'm counting. And uh, I don't know when when do I expect that uh, that listener cake to arrive? Two hundred and twenty-five or maybe two hundred and fifty? You decide. You're the listeners, you're the you're the the, the baking listeners, bake me a cake. Um, the security will let you in. They'll let you in. Just say you're with me. Bring a cake. If it's got my name on it, or, or 225 or 250 candles, they'll let you in. Hey, it's a cracker of a show tonight. I'd love you to be a part of it. Text me 3920, keyword live. That'll pop up here in front of me. You can tweet me, at Vaughan Davis, where you will see, if you're on the at Vaughn Davis Twitter account, that uh, oh, I've, been, I've been in bed most of the weekend, sort of feeling sorry for myself, so I'm a bit unshaven. Got a bit of a cold, but that's okay. I've got the radio voice going on. It's going to be a cracker, as I said. We've got the latest on LinkedIn endorsements. They've been in the news a bit this week. What the heck are they? Do they matter? What does it mean when someone has endorsed someone on LinkedIn? We've got the lowdown on cybercrime in the sleepy Taranaki well, maybe not so sleepy. Maybe the, the world's cybercrime forces are focusing their evil eye on Taranaki and uh, we've got the, uh, the latest on that. And I promised you the best photo editing app ever. First, though... pay close attention next time you go into a bank and talk to a teller because there's a chance these days that the person on the other side of the glass isn't a person at all but a video avatar powered by artificial intelligence i might be exaggerating just a little bit but video customer service agents are here and everyone from government departments to banks and airlines are rolling them out online. One of the world's leading companies in this space is based right here in Auckland. Well, North Shore. That's Auckland these days. Well, it's not really, but we say it is. Right here in Auckland. It's called FaceMe, and Victor Un joins us from there. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course, there's no. We were talking about the cameras. We were talking about the cameras in the studio earlier, and they're not turned on. Um, you, you might not be here at all. This might be an avatar could of you. Be. It could be just the the, <laughs> the the fake you. So face me. Um, talk me through how this technology actually works. What it does from from a customer
2: point of view. Yeah. So it's a a digital human. Uh, the uh, businesses like banks and telcos and governments will use a digital human to. Well, good. Yep, use a digital human to serve their customers. So a digital human is um, essentially someone you can uh, have a conversation with. They might help you answer questions. They may... uh, uh, help you fill in a loan application, for example. Um, one we had one at the Ministry of Ministry of Primary Industries at Auckland International Airport. So, but a
1: so backing up the bus here. So I'm, I'm, you know, I've seen Star Trek, and I can't remember that guy's name. Um, you know, that that robot guy, Data. Data. Of course, he's called Data. Um, he's wandering around. He's you know, flesh and blood. You can you know, kick him in the shins. Your digital humans are not quite like that, though, are they? No, no, that's right. So how how, how and where do they appear? Probably, probably the best way to explain
2: it is, is um, the one we had at Auckland International Airport. So as you come through customs, you'll see a kiosk there. There's a screen. You walk up, and you have this person that is looking quite lifelike, but as a as a virtual person. And her name is Vi. Um, she's not there currently. Where um, we ran a short pilot uh, with Vi, and you can go up and you can ask questions. Did you so, sh-
1: did you shut her down like Hal in 2001, where she go? Going... <laughs> Daisy. In fact, being with biosecurity, she wouldn't sing Daisy Daisy, would she? Because that's uh, you know prohibited import. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. probably saw something else. So, so you shut her down. It was only for a limited pilot. So, what we right. want to do was
2: actually learn and, and see how digital ha- humans actually work. Um, so, so a lot of the work that we're doing at the moment is pilots with um, banks. So ASB is doing a pilot at the moment, and, and she's able to answer questions about small business. And the challenge we're trying to solve right now is is kind of the the lack of human in, uh, connection. So a lot of the uh, you know chatbot technology that is out there, the self-service, you kind of lost that personal connection. So, by bringing in the uh, the digital human and the human connection part of the experience, um, we think ba- uh, businesses can do a much better job of
1: serving their customers. So, so
2: talking me through it.
1: I'm coming. You know, imagine Vi hadn't been killed. That you didn't kill Vi.
2: I, she's I, just working somewhere else. She's, at the work,
1: she's working deep deep within the <laughs> the, uh, the hidden sectors of some hard drive. I, I'm walking through Auckland Airport. Yep. I see this kiosk and sitting there sort of smiling and blinking is the face of a woman. Yes. I walk up to her and what happens? So as you walk up, She'll see you. She'll recognize you. So how does
2: she see me? So we use computer vision. Yeah. Um, so, so a webcam, sort of. Sort of, like a, a, a 3D camera that is able to scan its environment. So computer vision is a, a fairly um, developed technology or is developing technology. So she is able to see you. And as you walk into her, in front of her, mm-hmm. she essentially is alerted to you. She so per- she, looks she perks at you. up. She perks up. She, she smiles at you, and she says, hi, how this, can I help this you? This is me?
1: like the best conversation I've had all week, actually, I'm imagining. Yep, yep, yep. She yep. smiles at me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. It is a good start. And then you're literally able just to ask a question. So
2: you say, well, look, can I bring in um, apples?
1: Uh, typically, a lot this, of people... This will be very easy, artificial intelligence, because all the answers will be no. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, so, so... That's a hard no,
2: no. Yeah. so a lot, a lot of it is, like, the, uh, a lot of the questions, I think, it will, it will develop over time, um, the, the, as we get more nuanced into some of the areas, so there's certain, um... If we can get into the Chinese languages, if we can get to Hindi, for example, I think that's where there'll be a lot of value. Because I thought a lot of people that have been living in New Zealand and Australia for a long time that are local kind of understand... We know you
1: can't bring the apples. You know you
2: can't bring apples in. Um, however, for example, there's some subtle things that we worked out, which is um, which we, we learned from the uh, MPI guys, which was, you know, when you talk about... Edible items as opposed to food—they are two different things for different cultures. So, so um, by having a digital human that is able to understand those nuances, we can actually do a better job of, of serving people. So,
1: I, I I get the idea that this is cool, and if you know I'm a, a computer guy, I'd, I'd 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 love working on this because I'm making this kind of you know convincingly real artificial intelligence. But what, what's wrong with just having a, a person standing there answer, answering your questions at the airport? Yeah, I think that's um, one of the
2: challenges is there are, and, and it's not just at the airport, right? If we think about banks and telcos, people want to be served 24-7. And, yep. and it's not really feasible for businesses to serve 24-7 anymore. So... Um, what it's about is being able to provide a level of service. Say eleven o'clock at night, you're a small business owner, you want to do your banking, mm-hmm. and you want to check up on your, uh, you know, loan application or something like that. By having a digital human available at eleven o'clock at night that knows you, that knows your financial affairs, and is able to answer questions, is a great customer experience. And it's it's the sort of thing where. Um, it's a service that is not currently being able to be provided because simply businesses can't afford to do that sort of thing.
1: is Is there a danger though that you know okay, we're going we're going to run this at uh, you know for for a bank at eleven o'clock at night. And they go, oh, this, this worked really well. Let's run it at six o'clock at night. Oh, let's run it at one o'clock in the afternoon. We don't need the real humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I think that's a really good consideration, and which is why we spend so much time investing into uh, the ethical and social side of things. So from a, a philosophical perspective at FaceMe, um, we believe in AI working alongside people. So when we think about that sort of notion that AI might displace jobs, I think the reality is it probably will. Um, the, in automation in the world, that is going to happen. But what we encourage and we, one one thing is we don't take on uh, comp- we don't take on jobs where we actually, are uh, the intention is to replace people because we don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we encourage a conversation around the displacement of jobs and, and which is why I do, I personally, and as part of the company, do a lot of work in in raising the awareness of those discussions.
1: Well, it, it's, it's interesting. I you know, every every second day, it seems, you'll see a headline that says, you know, 30, 40, 50% of jobs that exist today will be gone in the next, you know, pick a number, yeah. 10, 10, 20 yeah, yeah. years. And at first I thought, well, yeah, that sounds plausible. But then I thought, Is, you know, can we fact check this? And I went back and, and looked at the um, the unemployment rate in the United States for the last 70 years, and they have a graph of it. And in the last 70 years, quite a lot of technology has come along, right? So you know the production line didn't really take off until World War II. Not really. Mm. Um, industrial robots didn't weren't a thing till the 80s. Uh, computers in in businesses weren't a thing till till the 80s. And I thought, well, what's the what's the impact of any of them been? And the impact of all of those was nothing. You know, the overall employment rate in the United States it goes up and down. You know, when there's a war or a GFC or whatever. But overall there's still the same number of people working. So it seems to me that unless your AI is a very, very special case, uh, it's not going to make any difference. Well, I think that's one perspective that you can take on it.
2: It's the, the correct one. I don't, I'm not, not sure because... Oh, if, I'm, I am. <laughs> if you look at the statistics, right, that is one perspective you can look at it from. But... If you look at pure numbers, where are the jobs getting displaced from, right? Mm. So if, if truck drivers are losing their jobs to self-driving vehicles, then, then are the jobs getting created for, for people that are truck drivers? And, and look, there's a lot of jobs being created in the technologies
1: the what, what and the computers. What happened to the bus so.
2: conductors? sort of bus conductors of...
1: That used to be a job. Oh, you know, there used, sure. used to be two people on every bus and, and now there's one person on every bus. The, the, the pattern seems to be that as technologies emerge, a job might disappear, but the number of jobs doesn't change. And
2: and the challenge I have is I don't disagree with that. I think the challenge is what is the experience of that person that is the bus conductor mm. did that what is the process they went through to retrain and go into another role and the thing that is different about ai as well is it is a cognitive uh, shift as well, right? So, in terms of automation and all that sort of thing that happened in the past, mm. that is a, a mechanistic, physical sort of um, shift and in, and in, and in change. Well, labor. I guess
1: no. Computers and offices do a lot of the you know the computing work, the the, the tabulation, the, the the calculations that used to be done by humans, right? That, that's cognitive.
2: Yes, but not from a con- creative perspective. Like mm. right? in terms mm. of an emotional connection perspective, that, that is something that is new. So you could argue that computers allow us to do mechanistic, sort of physical, sort of stuff. That is like routine yep, faster, yep, yep. Um, but not actually create new things
1: like do creative work. Or well, D- work. Douglas Adams has actually worked this out already. The um, the science fiction author who did The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm. he postulated that eventually, and he's thought about this. Well, he's dead now, but uh, before he died, he thought about this. His AI avatar might still be thinking about this. Um, he postulated that eventually, so many jobs will be automated and AI would be so prevalent that uh, all that would remain is for us to sell shoes to each other, and that's all we'd be doing. <laughs> we'd, 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 we'd be leaving our jobs selling shoes to go to other shoe shops. To like shoes. And, and buy more shoes, or maybe that's something that the AI could do. Hey, I'm talking to uh, Victor Ewan from Face Me, all about uh, artificial intelligence and digital employees.
0: Back soon. Your portal to the world of tech and social media. It's Sunday Social with Vaughn Davis. On Radio Live.
1: Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social with you right through until 8 o'clock, 7.22 right now. And from New Zealand tech company FaceMe, Victor Ewan, welcome back. Thank you. We were talking before the break about these digital employees that you make for companies ranging from uh, MPI at the airport right through to uh, banks uh, and, and, and other outfits, most of them most of the ones I've seen and and there's that one that sort of sits there blinking at you on your website they're kind of generic nice person but um, <laughs> well I, apart from apart from the one you've shown me which is you nothing nice about that but oh come on. Um, <laughs> In one case, though, you, you your company's made uh, a, a replica of a real person from a real company. Tell me about yes, that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we did a project for Swiss bank UBS. I think they're the world's largest private investment bank. Mm-hmm. And um, interesting project that because, you know, you have a client-client advisor meeting and what they realized was that for these client advisors in this fast-paced environment, they, they can't actually research and get enough information before a client comes in. And, mm-hmm. and, and so – having uh, the uh, regional chief investment officer and chief economist for UBS in the room was hugely valuable. So they... um, But of course, there's only one of them. There is only one of them. Exactly right. So we were uh, tried to... Well, we digitally recreated uh, Daniel Colt and we kind of... um, disseminated some of the knowledge in his head as well as the UBS knowledge as
1: well. So you've, to, you've just said two, two, two things very quickly that are actually very big things. So yeah. you digitally recreated this guy. Yes. How do you do that? Um, so there's the... Uh,
2: Excuse me. The physical scanning of him. So, if you imagine sitting inside something that looks like a time machine with lots of lights and cameras?
1: Well, there's no such thing as a time machine, Victor. So, I can't imagine uh, what what, what, what that looks like. If you imagine if there was a time machine, it's
2: like a big metal sphere. I was going for a phone box, you see. Uh, Yeah, the TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It wasn't the TARDIS. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, lots of photos are taken. Then uh, those photos are used to rec- recreate a 3D model and all the skin textures, all the micro detail, the pores, the, the reflections of the skin and recreate them digitally. Yep. Uh, then, we, uh, see, uh, then we go to animate him. So we use different reference uh, material to actually create the animations and how he moves his face and, and smiles and talks and things. Mm-hmm. And then we create his voice. Uh, and then the dialogue is created in, um, in partnership with UBS and IBM. Uh, and so... So it's using this IBM Watson yes, artificial intelligence yes, platform, right? right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and the dialogue that it's created is based on um, the knowledge of, of Daniel as well as UBS. So the you know advice that they give to people that are investing in the markets um, called the UBS house view. So a client advisor is able to say, hey, Daniel, can you give me a sense of what's happening in China at the moment? And, and Daniel is able to provide a commentary to aid in that conversation, and then the client and client advisor can use that information to continue discussing, um, you know, what they were discussing around So there's,
1: there's all sorts of questions that come up here, and we, we spoke before of ethics. Um, so this robot, based on Daniel and the collective knowledge of UBS, gives me some advice, let's say, and I go, yeah, that sounds like good advice there, robot. I'm going to put my, you know, 100 million francs into, you know, whatever you suggested what if it all goes sour? Who, who carries the can for that? Because yeah, that question. was just some program that some guys in New Zealand wrote based on <laughs> some you know insights they got from a client in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not as
2: uh, Wild West as it sounds like that. The the, um, the work that is required to go through together with UBS is, is very hefty and we are not involved with the advice that's written in the content. Yeah. Um, and there's also a reason why we work with Human in the Loop, right? The, the reason why there's a person there is because it isn't at a point where it is just a person. Uh, right, a so it's
1: a 3 Part conversation exactly, yeah, exactly. So, th- thinking ahead, at the it, I was talking to some um insurance brokers the other day about the future, and we were talking about there's this kind of tipping point that's going to come where today the discussion is, Oh, should we really have artificial intelligence involved in these you know, in these discussions and, and this advice? I think it's, it's not going to be long before the discussion will be, you know how could you possibly give advice without yeah. having yeah. artificial intelligence involved in, in investments and insurance oh, and, yeah. and law and medicine and all? How, how far off do you reckon that's going to be? Make a prediction because this is, this is going on the internet. It's, oh. gonna, it's forever. Yeah,
2: this is, this is history. Uh, yeah. So in terms of like humans using advice from a computer
1: to make decisions mm-hmm. now, like, that stuff happens nah, now. No, but when will it be mandatory? Oh, but when I, will it be mandatory? Because you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain there'll be a future where, you know, a, a doctor cannot practice, a lawyer cannot practice, oh. a financial advisor mm-hmm. cannot practice without demonstrating that they've, they've got, you know, a, a certified, capable AI backing up. That advice. Yeah, interesting. I mean, it depends on how fast legislation works, but
2: I'd say like three to five years. That Look, soon? Yeah, if yeah. I was going to go to a doctor who was going to give me a diagnosis, and I had one doctor that could use machine learning and had had this vast pool of data to draw on and an AI to work with, or and a doctor that kind of is just using the experience that they have... You'd, go, you'd go for the robot if I'd go, Oh, absolutely. As long as there's a human
1: with you, it. You, well, you, long you long know there was, was a Christchurch startup that uh, supposedly did that? Mm-hmm. Right. You, did you know No, you know no, not aware of it. What was it? Was it Frank or something? It had a human name, but it turned out to just be some guy in a room with a typewriter. <laughs> this is this is not an old story. This was, this was this year. I'll, right, I will right. send you the link, a- yeah. and you know, and it, it took hours for the queries to be answered. Why is this computer so slow? Why is this computer so slow? And why why is it making all these typos? Well, really, it was just you know, it was um, pers- they were trying to be authentic. Yeah, really? person, right. per- yeah, exactly. And you couldn't read the handwriting. Uh, person, person with Google. Yep. So speaking of authentic, and this this interests yep. me as well. Um, I'm going to use a phrase some listeners will have heard and others are about to learn all about called the Uncanny Valley. Mm. And I'll, I'll explain I'll explain the term and then we'll, we'll talk about it. So the Uncanny Valley, if, if you drew a, a line graph of um, a stick man down one end and a real human at the other and how authentic and, and awesome they, they seemed uh, going along the graph – it got higher and higher and higher until you got uh, really close to the completely authentic human, where it suddenly plummets off. and this is called the uncanny Valley. Something that is almost humanish we find a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about reality and how realistic your video, your digital employees are and, and 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 why you've chosen for them to be you know as as real as they are. Are, mm. are they as real as they could possibly be? No, no, they're not.
2: Uh, the didn't, t- I didn't think so. The technology could be better, like, and, and it is getting better. And in all fairness, the technology is just actually not there yet. Even the best movies, right? If we think about Grand Moff Tarkin and the... Um, the Star Wars thing. The Force yeah.
1: Awakens, right?
2: It was like kind of...
1: No, it wasn't Force Awakens. It was Rogue One, Richard. I think it was. Or, or, or the various deep fakes that you're seeing. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, people's heads being put onto other people's bodies. Yeah. So it's not quite like there I saw yet. a picture of Paul Brison running a marathon the other day, and that was clearly not him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's... I think in terms of realism, there's a question as to whether we want to push it all the way to the end of realism. So one thing is you don't want to deceive. That, that's the, my question. Yeah. Uh, Google Duplex, when they, when they went on stage, uh, you, can't, you got that whole, like when, when that AI, the Google Assistant was able to make a call to a hair salon and they make a booking and they kind of- And Googled the person at the other end didn't, didn't realize know it was a robot. Uh, well you could actually say they passed a Turing
1: test there, which is yeah, well basically replicated not, not, a human. Well, the, the answer is just to get your robot to answer the phone. Yeah. And then the robots they just talk all they like. Eventually yeah. they'll just say one zero one zero one zero one and and speak their own language. So so yeah, this this the ethics around knowing its not a human. Yeah. So how do we deal with that? Well, right now we're not even close to people. Well, actually, I, no. I. You know, if you, if you've some got, people are close. If, if you're people, a bit hungover and you, you know, you yeah. haven't got your glasses, some of your yeah. avatars could pass
2: for. Human. Yeah. No, that's very true. Uh, and I think that that's why it's so important at the beginning to, begin to clear, is like I'm not a real person. Like I'm a digital human. The animation and the co- conversation, as well, is is quite structured. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I think it's really important uh, as a conversation to be able to. Uh, disclose it at the beginning, and then also design it in such a way that it is obvious that it is a
1: digital human, whether it's by visual indicator or something like that. What What was the yeah, What was the uh, science fiction thing where the guy had a little uh, D or something on his forehead? He was a hologram. Mm. It was an H. It was an H. No, it's red. Red, red dwarf. Red dwarf. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Red dwarf. And, and that was for that, right? That was that was. That, yeah, was, that yeah. was the ethics of that. Hey, um, uh, we we could chat about this all night, but Mister Brislam wants to come and have a go as well. Um, five years down the track. Apart from you know uh, early employees like yourself being fabulously wealthy, uh, five five years five years down the track, other than you know AI perhaps being mandatory for professional services, where do you see this this whole idea of digital employees and video avatars being? Uh, so digital humans, we're going to create a platform. So.
2: What that means is, is companies that are, you know, somebody wants to create a digital human doctor is going to be able to take our technology and be able to build their own experience or mm-hmm. somebody wants to build a digital human for retail or, or a digital human for um, aged care, for example. Pleasure? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. So people will be able to create their own digital humans if that's what they want to do as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we as a platform would allow that from a ethical standpoint may we have to question that. So, for example, if somebody wants to create a digital human for gambling purposes, mm. um, we have – we've actually turned up an opportunity uh, because of that. So, so it's a – the ethical conversation is such a big part of what we do day in, day out. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. we have as, to.
1: As, as in so many things. So, we, you know, and, and this is where suddenly we go, oh – this is why people did philosophy degrees because <laughs> <Yeah>. suddenly <laughs> they're becoming much more valuable now. <laughs> yeah, so, suddenly the tech world needs philosophers. Hey, Victor, you're from uh, FaceMe. How can people uh, get a taste of this? Uh, you can
2: check out our website, FaceMe.com, um, or you can email me, uh, Victory at FaceMe.com as well. Um, so, yeah, just check out our website. It's probably the best place to go.
1: I might email you and uh, have myself replaced by next week. Hey, thanks so much for joining us yeah, on for Sunday Social. After the break, Mr. Paul Brislin with the apps, websites, and social media goodness you just have to have to make it through the week. Back soon.
0: The latest apps, the World Wide Web. It's Sunday Social with Vaughn Davis.
1: Hey and welcome back to Sunday Social, a very big Sunday Social. Welcome to Paul Brislin. How are you, Paul? I'm virtual. You are virtual? Yes. Yeah, you're not here yeah, either. Not
0: even really here. I'm not here. You're not here. No one's <sighs> here. Nobody's really here. What are we going to do? What are we going to do when the robots come for our jobs? Oh, I'm into that. Yeah, no, I think so. I'm into that. I, I think so. I'll
1: deploy my avatar.
0: Yeah, well, I um, I'm looking forward to the day when the doctor says, um, you know, I've checked with uh, somebody who actually knows, and um, we can identify what's going on. And the lawyer says, you know, yeah, let's um, let's do away with all this rubbish. Here's an app, and it uh, you just fill in your own forms because most of the stuff that they do is, is oh, just I don't, I don't want to see the lawyers go. You know, oh, this, uh, look, this, this I do. This afternoon, uh-huh. sitting
1: under a blanket on the couch, I watched. Uh, once more, uh, a few good men. A few good men is a very yeah. good
0: film. And and uh, yeah. the robots are going to replace them. They're, though. they're not
1: going to go. You can't handle the truth.
0: No, <laughs> no, no, But what they are going to do is say, um, "Oh, parking fines go here." So you want to work out your will? Here it is. It's all automated. Yeah. there all, are keyword companies already doing that. All, you know, all
1: that, all all, that, all stuff. that stuff. I tell you, the, the thing the thing that interests me about these um, digital employees, these video avatar things, and we I, I, we ran out of time to talk to Victor about it, is. I've noticed something over mm. the years. Uh, well, over the years, over the year, they've probably been out for a year. <laughs> probably, but it feels, it's old it's school. A, it's a lifetime in yeah. the internet thing. And, and the ASB one recently, which these guys did, uh, is a good example. Almost all of them, and you know the investment one he talked about, yep. was a rare exception. Almost all of them are young women. Yep. Yep. Conventionally attractive. And, of course, completely subservient. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because they're yeah, video help agents. That,
0: and that's what we've come to expect, apparently, from our software, is, is that they be female. Is that
1: they, they, they be female subservient, yeah. um, kind of pretty, and, and they just nod and smile. So you can it, – it's, it's almost like we're, we're, we're running the risk, and this is the ethics of it again, mm. of raising a generation of people who, who – it's almost like they're brought up with maids, so, you know, yeah,
0: exactly. With, with help, there is that idea that a lot of the apps that are coming out of Silicon Valley are just ways for frat boys to have their mum come over and do all their laundry and get everything done for them. Oh my God, uh, you're right. And maybe this all feeds into that. Maybe they are all just misogynist scoundrels after all. Maybe, maybe
1: they are. Maybe they, 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 need, are. they need to bring out a, uh, a grumpy middle aged white avatar. Yeah. I'll go, get scanned. <laughs> I'll <laughs> get scanned. <laughs> Hook me up. Victor, Victor, Where do we start? Victor, Victor come back and. and I have, have to scan say, I don't think me. Victor's
0: a misogynist. Anything. I think he no, he's. Very smart guy. I think he's, I think so, he's, he's, just, yeah.
1: he's just meeting the market. I but, think, that's uh, right. you know, when uh, you know, company after company decides that uh, the epitome of you know um, helpful subservience, help, yep. helpful subservience, as a young woman, ooh, we've got some questions. And I have to say, to I I
0: haven't met many uh, young women in the last twenty years who are compliant or subservient in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's probably all to my betterment. Really, it really is. Hey. Um, it's all happening.
1: I I, I flew over here. Uh, I flew over this this uh, the the scene of the next crime uh, of the crime. The scene of the crime. Scene um, of the crime. What day was it? Monday. Yes, Monday.
0: Back when um, there was weather and uh, or, or weather free. Monday weather. was
1: Monday was beautiful. Beautiful Actually, day. I, I was flying over the Taranaki, which is the the province of which we speak. Ah. Well. Um, on my way back from
0: Fielding, ah, oh. with, with my new autopilot. Oh, did it burst out with an inflatable? No, no, it, wasn't no. Oh, it wasn't God that sort. It wasn't that sort.
1: It was lovely though. Yeah, it was lovely though. It maintained a precise altitude and a precise track, and. On- I literally you just didn't, didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I was I was sitting there in the airplane and twiddling
0: and your thumbs. I was going, "What do I do?" Well, what do I do? I folded
1: my maps. I, I tidied so, up the cockpit. I ate a jet plane lolly. I had a wee drink.
0: Perfect, perfect. Uh,
1: but had I known that I was flying over Harwarda High School, yes. and I pretty much was. Um, I would have taken a far keener interest because it was very much this week the scene of the cyber crime.
0: Well, it was, wasn't it? So uh, for those who haven't kept up, um, Hawara High School came into school on Monday and discovered that uh, all of their computer systems were locked down. Computer says no. The computer says no. And if you want it ever to say yes again, you'll pay us $5,000 US in um, unmarked Bitcoin. uh, Leave it in a paper bag. Uh, behind the warehouse whoa, at midnight. Whoa.
1: So so, so who, who's who's locked it and who's asking for the money? What's going some on Some
0: rat bags out there in the world uh, have managed to somehow, uh, and that's yet it to was be probably, determined. It was probably Stratford College. Uh, it was some sort of, <laughs> yeah, sort of first-fitting grudge of match. We'll sort them out. They yeah. steal our goat. We lock their computers. Exactly. So, yes. Yeah, so so um, it's it's a bit of a mystery at the moment. These things, uh, this is called ransomware. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it by, um, as you do with all kinds of viruses, it can come in via an attachment. You and click on something and suddenly hello you've got a big red screen in front of you saying pay me the money or you'll never see your files again and unfortunately for the high school for the kids and for the teachers they're part way through uh marking of assignments there's a lot of work being handed a in. a lot of the kids will be going a lot of the kids will be going sweet but some yeah. of the um the swattier ones will be going that's my excellence gone i'm yeah, exactly. down to a merit now So it is uh, really quite a concern. Uh, Hawara is on the national schools network called Network for Learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, These guys provide high-speed internet access to all the schools at a really reasonable rate and secure it for you. However, Hawara has said, actually, we've already got a provider, thanks, and we're quite happy with the service they provide. So we don't need your highfalutin cyber protection.
1: Turns out they... Oh, oh, wait. No, I we know, do. I know. Well, no, I know. Here's my conspiracy theory. Yeah, oh. I, I, I know who's, who's... Who's in it. You think Network for Learning's gone, right, get the black squad Yeah, in. yeah. yeah. I, 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 think, I think the official provider has gone, right, we'll show them and
0: they've ransom-wared High School. <laughs> so uh, might be something to look Just to into. keep an eye on. Yes, but as we've said in the past, if you do find that your files are all locked up uh, and somebody's asking you for money to get them back, Do not give them any money. Not only is it quite difficult because you've got to buy Bitcoin and Mm. who knows how that all works. Or um, Or something.
1: Apple, iTunes, gift cards. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, that's always quite popular Mm. too. Yeah, but don't give them any money because you might get your files back, but you might also get something else, something nasty that loiters in the background, tracks all of your keystrokes. Copies all of your credit card details, who knows? So, who do you call? So, you call CERT, that's the Computer Emergency Response Team I of think New Zealand. A, I think
1: it's a cyber emergency response team. Oh, I think team. you're
0: probably quite right. Mm-hmm. It's cyber computers, ah, yep. it's all much of a muchness, isn't it? Um, CERT is the New Zealand agency that wants to help you out with all of this kind of stuff. They will help you out. And if you can't get hold of them, just ring the cops ring and the tell cops. them that this has happened, and they will actually take you quite seriously. Hello, hello,
1: hello, hello.
0: <laughs> We'll send a Bobby right round. Yes, and also don't forget to back up your files. But if you're at this point, you're probably too late. It so is
1: totally back too up your files late. first.
0: Yeah, but who would have thought? Who would have thought a school, a school in uh, in Harwood, in the NACI. Was... Well, uh, the UK National Health Service. Uh, many of the computers there were still running Windows XP and got completely hammered last year with uh, exactly this problem because um, the outgoing minister in charge of it all had said, no, you don't need to pay for that upgrade. Thanks very much, Theresa May.
1: Next thing you know.
0: Next minute. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, um, um, I
1: should I should endorse you for cybersecurity on LinkedIn.
0: Oh, you go right ahead because it's really important to me that people keep up to date with my um, various professional capabilities and that LinkedIn is, in fact, the best way to do just that.
1: So this was in the news this week. It Dr. Was Pauline Kingy... Uh, uh, very experienced and capable woman, was kind of forced into stepping down as chair of the inquiry into the appointment of a deputy police commissioner. And the reason Mm. she was forced out of the job, well, she resigned, but the reason She she was forced out of the job is certain people said, well, you're clearly in cahoots with this guy. You're clearly really, really good friends. Yes. Because... You've endorsed him for some stuff
0: on LinkedIn, firearms handling, and some other stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah, Link, this is the first time LinkedIn's ever been used seriously in its life. Well, I don't.
1: Well, I don't know if it has been used seriously. So that's the thing, isn't it? So mm. uh, on the face of it, you go, oh, she, who's meant to be impartial has endorsed...
0: Mm, That's a big thing, endorsing someone. ...him on this this digital platform. But
1: actually, um, this whole endorsement thing is a little bit more free and loose, isn't it? Well,
0: it really is, and our good friend Anna Connell wrote a lovely piece about this for uh, If if only this was her week. If this was her week, she'd be in. She'd be like a rat up a drainpipe. Um, But no, you have me instead. So um, she's written a lovely piece. Go and check it out on Newsroom. uh, All about this, because LinkedIn um, endorsements are uh, are, um, a... Far less straightforward than you would think, and they're, you can endorse people. Well, they're like a, they're like a lolly scramble. They are, they yeah. are, and sometimes you just say yes, just to make the damn thing stop asking you to endorse people.
1: And and, and I've certainly been through phases with people where we've we've gone into endorsement battles and endorse, <laughs>
0: endorse each other <laughs> for quite comedic things. Cheese making, cheese making. You can be endorsed for anything. You can be endorsed for absolutely anything. And uh, unfortunately, the way that emails come through, you get: Would you like to endorse Vaughan Davis for uh, social media and dot dot dot? And at that point. You've probably already just clicked the thing to make it go away. And next thing you know, the next y- thing, next thing, is thing you endorsed know, you've endorsed you been for airline pilot of the year, and I'm also um, all manner of beasts. And so ne- next thing you know,
1: you've been you've been removed from chairing a, a government committee because of your LinkedIn profile.
0: Now the only thing I use LinkedIn for is to remember when I was in certain jobs, uh, and that's about it. Because. Um, otherwise I find it almost entirely useless. It is full of people self-promoting and endorsing each other for mad things like public safety. So uh, I don't think anybody should take it terribly seriously. And I tend to... Somebody argued with me on Twitter about it and said, look, if, if our civil servants can't figure out how to answer an email and just click on the right buttons, then they shouldn't be allowed to run a bath. And I have some sympathy with that view. But Honestly, this is LinkedIn. Nobody takes it seriously. It's just it, it's, it, it, just it's, it's Facebook.
1: If Facebook had been invented by Tupperware.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Or, and then owned by Microsoft. Oh, really. well, they
1: are owned by Microsoft. They hey, are they? after the break, cont- continuing with a little banking theme. So uh, unlike ASB just buying something off the shelf and putting a pretty face on it, uh, we've got some real bank innovation from the NZ right after this. Navigate.
0: Navigating the dig- digital, digital landscape. landscape. Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis
1: Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social 10 to 8 And just itching to get into the weekend variety wireless Mr Graham Hill already in the house Mr Paul Brislin, you
0: downloaded an app in I the did. break I did, I did just while I was sitting there BNZ Convert It I might be a convert have you travelled recently? Overseas? I have not, but I have a trip in mind for later in the year. I'm hanging yeah. out. So I'm crossing dates off on the calendar. Only three months to go. God help me. Quite exciting like that far. I yes. was.
1: I was in the UK. You've travelled a couple of weeks ago. You've been out to the world. I have. Um, and of course, one of the one of the things that always is one of the pains of travel. Yes, is you go into a shop and you go, oh, I like that jacket. Oh.
0: It's that only, ostrich it, leather skin jacket looks like a bit of me. It's,
1: it's only it's only you know six hundred
0: thousand million dong
1: or two hundred fifty dirhams. Yes, and you go and you go. Well, BNZ is onto it. They've launched an app called Convert It. This is a mobile phone app that you, when confronted with an unfamiliar currency and a price you would like to know the NZ dollar equivalent. Point your phone's camera at the price tag. Yep, and I've just tried it. Works really quite well.
0: Um, And either auto-detect, which works kind of well, or tell it what currency it's looking at, and bling! And off you go. So I point this at uh, 10,000 here um, is the number written on the page. I'm swapping from pounds sterling to New Zealand dollars. It says $19,281.16. Oh, that's quite an expensive jacket, Vaughan. I don't but, think you should buy that one. Oh, but it's ostrich. Ostrich, though. Wow. Never
1: never mind the price. Feel the quality. Feel, so, the, so feel the love. disclosure or opinion, I, I think this sort of thing is available um, through a, a bunch of Google Apps and a bunch of other, other places that provide it anyway. Yes, possibly. But not everyone necessarily trusts apps from nowhere land. No. So if you're a BNZ customer, or indeed just any New Zealand bank customer, you don't need to be a BNZ customer it's a trustworthy place to get exchange rates. Or is it? Because there's 9,000 words of terms and conditions. Well,
0: I'm not impressed with their terms and conditions page, which scrolls on. So before you say, yes, I'd like to download, I'd like to use the app, you have to agree to goodness knows what, because there was so much of it, I couldn't be bothered reading it. And I don't think you can email it to yourself or print it off or do much of anything with it. So who knows what I've agreed to? It's possibly harvesting my organs even as we speak. Well, I think the answer
1: answer probably lies, and we do like this app BNZ, but the answer probably lies in the in the uh, the fact that certainly when I last had anything to do with them, they had uh, one floor of digital in their head office and two floors of risk. <laughs>
0: so I, I think I think I think, this <laughs> is, I, I, think yeah. I see where they're coming
1: from. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think this is a, a triumph of, uh, of of risk over digital. But the name of the app is BNZ Converted. It's for iPhone. Or Android, and it's uh, absolutely free, and for my money, uh, well worth it. Well worth the price, absolutely. Hey, um, speaking of iPhone and Android, did you hear Ooh, the did, Oh, did I hear the news? Oh, quick, the, quick, did, show me your Android again. Did you again? hear the
0: news this week,
1: Paul <sighs> I Brislin?
0: I did. It's um, it's news that um, Apple is now worth a trillion dollars. Is no, that, no, that's, that's not that's, the news. That's not the news. That's not the news. There's the news. other news. Although I was listening to News Hub Live at 6 uh, last night
1: where they, they trotted out this perennial interview about the poor, poor sap, who was one of the three founders oh. <laughs> of
0: uh, of Apple. And, and who said he wanted his money. Yeah, and he got $8,000 or something yeah. crazy. Yes. And today it would be worth three quarters of a trillion, yes, squ- it, it squadrillion dollars. It would it dollars. be worth an awful lot of money. That's it right. Really would.
1: Yes. But now it
0: just was. Now it's just uh, well, you could have been. You see, you got to, it's all about risk. It's all about risk. It man. is all about it's risk. All but about the risk. A- but that's not what you want to talk about. No, it's not what I want to talk about. The, no. the Apple
1: news I wanted to talk about is. Um well,
0: not a good quarter for the iPhone. No, no. We haven't had an iPhone product launch for a while. It's oh, do you it, think the that's last why it is? few has been a bit off. Well, they are expecting one in the next couple of months. So uh, there's usually a bit of a dip then. But your the bit, good friends at Huawei yeah, have the, not had a bad quarter. No,
1: the, the, the news that got me all quite excited is uh, Huawei, who, full disclosure, I have a, a, a free one of in my pocket. Um, is now the second biggest smartphone manufacturer in the world.
0: In they, the world. They
1: sold a truckload more of them in the second quarter of this year than uh,
0: Apple and uh, kind of gaining on Samsung. Well, Samsung still ships a, a shipload of um, uh, phones, doesn't it? Looking at these numbers, Huawei shipped 54.2 million smartphones in the quarter. When you think they're a 1000 bucks each, more or less, for a, for a t- high-end phone, that's a lot of coin, isn't it? Yeah,
1: but Apple forty one. As my as my sixteen um, year old son pointed out, yeah, uh, Apple doesn't make any cheap no, phones. No, no, it's whereas only Huawei does have some entry level phones. Yeah, which, exactly. which might, might be helping those numbers. Well, it
0: does, it does. And Samsung has a broader range again, which is why it could ship seventy one and a half million devices in the quarter. a lot That's of That's outrageous.
1: The, the The interesting thing there though that, the, and if this ever happens, um, Huawei is going to go shoo. Um, in terms of its numbers, mm. is this happened despite no carrier, so no telco in the US being yep. prepared to partner with Huawei? So, you know, almost everyone in the states you buy a phone on a plan, unless it's a yep. burner. Unless a it's one. Unless you better a, a call
0: Saul and you want to burn your phone. Yeah, yep. exactly.
1: Um, but they couldn't find a single uh, telco willing to partner with them, partly because of uh, suspicions. Chinese I suppose.
0: security firms. Ch- yeah. <laughs> The
1: Chinese, they're spying on me right now, Paul.
0: Well, you know, it's a matter of who isn't, really, more than who is. But
1: imagine, yeah, would you rather have um, China or Trump's America
0: <laughs> List, listening listening. <laughs> Mr. To Trump, uh, his name's Vaughan Davies. Uh, you'll find him. He lives in Ponsonby somewhere. You, you'll, you'll track him down. He's on yeah. the internet. And you You're, know what?
1: We're, we're in a country with a, with a data sharing agreement with Trump's America anyway. <laughs> so so mm, yeah, what are you going to do? Go that iPhone. Sad trombone. Yeah, so uh, I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated. Hey, um, one of the things I love about the uh, about the Huawei phone, the P20 Pro, mm. is the photo quality. But sometimes, sometimes well, the camera
0: is very nice. You've
1: got to edit your photos, and oh. I promised at the uh, at the head of the show that I was going to talk about the only. Photo editing app you will ever.
0: I think need. we've had this conversation before because oh. there have been a lot of photo editing apps through right. the years. So this is the, one? One. this is the best. This is the best. This is the beast. Um,
1: it turns out it's owned by Google. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. They bought the company. Right. The name of it, weirdly, is and I don't know why it's called this. Uh, it's called Snapseed. Is it obvious to you? Sometimes Snap when you say these things, seed. sometimes when you say these things out loud, they become no, obvious. But no,
0: I've got no idea. It's a bit no. like that
1: that um, non-alcoholic um, spirit that's floating around called Seedlip. Have you seen that in no, a PR? Version?
0: I have, I have, and why? What, what the hell? It's not the first thing you'd think. It's it sounds like something. You take lip. you, take, you a, take your dog to the vet because he's got <laughs> Seedlip. I'm sorry. I think been, he needs
1: a tonic. He's been in the garden. He's got Seedlip. Yeah. Um, but the app is called Snap Seed. And it is so capable. It does a hundred things you have not dreamed of. It turns your great photo into a magnificent photo. Ooh. And the one, the way I got into it, and I hadn't heard of it. It's been going for three years. Um, the way I found out about it is I'd taken this beautiful photo yes. of a building And I didn't want it to look like it was sort of receding into the distance and looking like a a, a pyramid. I wanted it to look like a straight up and down building. Okay. And the correction you apply in photo editing is called keystone correction.
0: Yeah, another use of a word. Oh, I know you to It's smaller at the bottom than you at the You turn top. a trapezoid,
1: yes. Paul, into a rectangle. Uh, i a rectangle. Um, and you. So I, I Googled that, and it said that Snapseed does a very, very good job of it, and uh, it, it turns out it did. Are you downloading it as we speak? I'm,
0: I've downloaded it. I'm playing with a photo I took of an airplane landing at the airport, flying through a rainbow, looking all glorious, and I've just added about 6,000 warmer colors, uh, and now i found a tool that lets me... Uh, increase the saturation. It's very intuitive isn't it? It's very easy to use. You just start stroking the photo and it starts doing things to it and uh, I quite like that. It's very good good. indeed.
1: name of the app is Snapseed. It is completely free. It's from Google. It's available for iPhone. It's available for Android and oh, it's a tie. Is it my app
0: of the week or is the BNZ uh, converted? Well I'll have one. I'll have the BNZ one. You can have this one. How's that? That? Paul's app of the One week, each.
1: convert it, and I go for Snapseed. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Anytime, on the show. you're always welcome. I hope welcome. you're feeling better. I well, I'm feeling better by the minute. Uh, thank you so much, Victor Un from Face Me, and of course in the booth, twiddling the dials, Saskia doing a bang up job of it. Next up is the weekend variety wireless. My name is Vaughn Davis. Nighty night.